Hi, this is Nathan. Welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpot. Oh, hi there. I'm Dylan James Weaver, but you can call me Dylan. We were just getting ready for a time of humor, analysis, and discovery. You care to join us? Because you never know what'll happen when you listen to the Wadfam Chalkpot. Where were we? I don't know. You're yelling about milk for some reason? I truly have no idea why. Oh, blessed charms. Yeah. Blessed charms. So. Welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here to talk about episode 267. It ended with a handshake. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. So dramatic, right? So dramatic. This episode full of stupid jokes. <laughs> like, How is that a stupid joke? No, no, no. It ended with a handshake. Well, no, no, no. I don't think that that's a stupid joke. I'm just saying that this episode itself is like filled with stupid jokes interesting okay well because we've got bernard and holstein sure i'm sure, getting ahead sure. of myself yeah yeah no no, no. but, but the, for sure for sure there's there's stupid jokes man <laughs> the Stup- jokesman <laughs> jokesman um it's 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 an episode uh written and directed by paul mccusker um originally aired may 7th of 1994 which is not the month i was born despite andrew's belief <laughs> and it's close though <laughs> Is it Andrew? Do you know that for sure? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, relatively. Uh huh. Uh huh. Unless you're lying to me. Hmm. <laughs> well, isn't that a interesting concept? Pause. Me pause lying. the podcast while I mug Dylan and take his wallet. <laughs> it's the only form I would trust. Well, I could just leave my wallet on a pew, and then you could get it that way. <laughs> hey, that only works for me. so this is the first episode that we are listening to in the post hal smith world Mm -hmm. it was one of the ones that was written while hal smith was still there was set to be recorded with him and then they had to fully rework it after his passing yeah that must have been so brutal agreed also I, I can't think of what they are, but I feel like we have talked about episodes before where they very clearly subbed in one character Different. for another. Yeah. I think there's, like, an episode where, like, it wasn't Com, around or, yeah. like, was it, like, Paul Hurlinger, like, missed a flight or something so Tom had to cover yes, for him? Yes. Or, like, something something crazy like that. Like, we've done these sort of things in the past where it was mm-hmm. like or even ones where they reproduce the same episode a second time yeah and just swap around characters mm-hmm. this one feels wholly different mm-hmm. and i think it is extremely obvious that they worked their butts off mm. to make this episode work without wit yeah because you don't feel his absence in the episode. No, not at all. Like when, I mean, they say it repeatedly that he's, what, he's out for the day. Yeah, he's, he's running like, errands. Yeah, like, 
which is fine and you believe him and it's like the show to make those nods when Hal Smith was alive. So Right, right. It's the kind of thing you do when it's like, okay, we like we like how but he's just like we're not getting him in on this episode yeah. for whatever reason. We've yeah. got too many other people, we can't afford him. We've got we're, to get his name in every episode, so we gotta drop right, it. <laughs> right. And honestly, that might be a more that might be more of a product of post Hal Smith mm-hmm. wit than Hal Smith. Like I feel like I feel like during the Hal Smith era, Wit is a very present figure. Mm-hmm. And even once they bring in Hurlinger and later um with uh Stoke, like he is not a he did the show doesn't quite revolve around him in the same way it did in these early days oh yeah for sure and so it maybe doesn't feel as like maybe that softens the blow here a bit but i also think it's a lot to the credit of hurlinger who or hurlinger mccusker who is the credited writer Mm -hmm. on this episode and also probably the whole team that had a large amount of involvement in this because it is a really tough needle to thread and i think it's done very elegantly yeah um well especially probably considering the time constraints and everything going on Like, like he passed away at the end of january and this episode is hitting the radio in may wow so that is not a lot of time no, to no. do. And I don't know what time it normally takes to break a story. But, like, that is a lot of t- Like, that's not that much time to do a, bo- like, kind of bottom-up rewrite of this episode. Oh, yeah. Well, and doing it while the questions of what are we going to do with wit, like, hang over everything. Like, right. McCusker, Lawler, like, all of them in this situation because they weren't prepared for Hal Smith's departure they like yeah they they kind of had to to confront like the mortality of the show and to a certain extent and really reevaluate um kind of how they wanted it to function moving forward and yeah, yeah I agree it's it's truly a testament to their familiarity with the characters and the world that they created that that you can even get an episode like this considering the circumstances. Right, right. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, right, this episode works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the official guide kind of for all of these, like, episodes that were in the can that then they had to, or that the scripts were locked, mm-hmm. that they then had to rewrite around wit, they kind of note, Hey, this was who replaced him, and this episode is credited with Bernard and Connie mm-hmm. as the wit stand-ins. Mm-hmm. But there aren't any scenes where you could take one of them out and put wit in and have it make sense. Yeah, no. I... So it is like the level to which this was rewritten is Extensive. substantial. Yeah. Because yeah. um, aside from maybe like. So aside from maybe like when Holstein first walks into Wit's End, yeah. but even that, it, it's not a one for one. No, no. Um, which is the other thing. This is our first episode with Fred Holstein. Aha! Yeah, this is the. the I mean, we've first we've covered episodes with with Fred before. Mm, yes, but this yes. is because he's famously a big part of the Perfect Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is. This is the first time he is being introduced on the show, and what a 
joy yeah this man is the accent at an 11 like my guy yeah. is going so hard oh the yeah the way that he says like viteker <laughs> yes so funny oh yeah. man yep K- kenneth mars doing the voice is just great i like I like this character. I like that he's... I find it really interesting that he's introduced at this point, but that he's not in any way taking over weight that Wit carried. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, But it is one of those things where I'm like, was Holstein in this episode before? Hmm. Like, before the rewrite. Was there reason for Katrina to work somewhere other than Wit's End? before this episode i, I don't know and honestly like, yeah like it, it, the last there's so much stuff that's left in a weird place because last episode truly feels like a like part one yeah, yeah. like it even though it's not mm-hmm. it, le- it it's doing so much setup yeah and the idea of katrina working at wit's end the idea of like Katrina on this journey to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. And like this is this episode does an interesting thing where we start and we establish that Katrina became a Christian basically off scene off screen. Yeah. Like we didn't actually get like the like classic conversion moment that mm-hmm. we get for so many other characters. And I have to I have to imagine that was not the original plan. Yeah, I bet there was a, probably going to be a whole big thing with Wit being involved. And so the fact that Connie was up in Wit's office away from the action for most of the time, I feel like, yeah, that loosely. Right. There's just, there's just, there. there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff here where I'm like, I don't quite, I, I don't know what. It like I I would be very curious to see the first draft of this script. Oh, so curious because the trajectory of characters that are set up from this episode feels like that might have all changed as a result of Hal Smith's no, death. Yeah, I I honestly when you when you bring it up and and the fact that they introduce Holstein here and Holstein becomes like a very fabled kind of character within the show like Holstein's yeah. books I believe gets passed on to somebody else. Yes, later in the in, in new go. Odyssey, we there's a different Holstein who it's owns like a, it. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a Holstein brother. brother. Yeah. Um because we we covered an episode that he shows up in. Yeah, I think he's yeah. maybe in one of the Mori episodes. And, <laughs> yeah, or or maybe maybe a Green Ring mm-hmm. episode. But regardless, there is there is another another Holstein. Yeah, no, I I am so curious about that. I mean, because he's a new character, and I I do feel like there was some foreknowledge that um, Katrina wasn't going to continue working at Wits End long term. Right, like, the ne- the previous episode does set it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like with Wit coming, where with Eugene coming to Wit and being like, "I don't want her," he- like it's my world's colliding, and Wit being very receptive to that. Yeah, does kind of lead you to go, okay, so maybe introducing another place for her to work was always the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll never know. Well, yeah, and Wit's mad connected like that, so yeah, you know. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
<laughs> we'll get into it because I have feelings about Wit just hiring off Katrina without talking to her. Interesting. Well, yeah, at this point, we are way too into the weeds of this discussion for the pre-promo portion. So I'm just going to roll the promo and then we can basically pick up where we are right now. Sounds good. It's Love in Denial on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Eugene fears the worst when his friend Katrina becomes a Christian. But when Eugene attempts to deny his true feelings, his computer disc full of unsent poems and love letters accidentally falls into the wrong hands. Can love survive? Don't miss the chaos next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Denial is a river in Egypt. You are in love. (laughs) Thank you. (sighs) I stole it from TikTok. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, wow, quite the promo. And that, again, must have been interesting... Like, I don't know where the promos are made in the span of, like, the show. Like, are they made after the script or are they no, developed they, it? they have to be. Yeah, well, for the sure. Prom- the promos for sure made after, like, the episode's already, like, locked. Okay. Like, okay. they've recorded the whole thing. They've okay. produced it. <laughs> then they get the promo. Because it doesn't have to go. Like, the promo doesn't have to be made until literally the night before it airs on the radio. Or whatever the week yeah, before, yeah, yeah. Like you need you need it to set up in the week prior, and then but never before and never after. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this uh, episode begins with Eugene uh, narrating to himself while he's writing on his laptop vigorously. Um. He's talking about ridding himself of his feelings for Katrina. Um, and that they, 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 they just have to be friends moving forward. There's no way that they can be anything else. Um, and clearly, clearly going through it, uh, the guy is typing furiously and I would just like to say again, for the sake of the chalk pod, um, and the chalk squad that Will Ryan is the best thing about Adventures and Odyssey. Mm. Yeah. Like, yep. I, I, there's a lot of other aspects I love. Shout out to Katie Lee. But Will Ryan is undeniable. So good. And he's great in this episode. And I would say, especially in this era of the show, where they give him a bit more uh, of a well-rounded character, where he has like right, romantic right, right. interests. He's not, and, he's not a caricature in the way that he is yeah, for that the he early was a, years. Yeah, that he was a brother and a genius and a, you know, know-it-all. Whereas now he's, he's anxious and he gets all these more complicated feelings. And I feel like... Yeah, the just the character blossoms with that. And this is a really great Eugene episode, despite it not going very well for Eugene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I we we talked about like the weird compressed timeline here. I initially wrote in my notes because the way Eugene is waxing poetic, mm-hmm. I thought that he this was going to be a I am writing from the future recounting things oh, kind of episode. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, an Aubrey's journal type situation. Yeah, yeah, because we have like what is the nail in the coffin for Eugene at this point? Why is he calling it quits on Katrina at the start of this episode? Oh, I don't know. Oh, because she's becoming a Christian. 
she hasn't he hasn't he doesn't know that she has yet yeah he hasn't but he's like talking as though he's like expressed some feelings that have not been reciprocated and i'm like literally no no (laughs) like this episode i think is set like Two hours after the last one. No, for sure. Well, and like it, it's it's very much of the same ilk. Like, it's right. It's set up as though like Katrina has been upstairs talking with Connie yep. since the last episode until yeah. this one. Well, yeah, because uh, Eugene Connie comes in on Eugene while he's writing and uh, says like, "Oh, I wasn't up there that long." And Eugene says, two hours and thirty-seven minutes." Not ten. <laughs> not ten. No, not ten. Oh, not ten. What's that? Like. I believe what he's saying is that she was there for two hours and 27 minutes. Uh, Not 10 would be take, like, like take subtract 10, 10 yeah. from that. Why did he say that? Because the writers need Eugene to sound smart. Yeah. Yeah. But so she was basically, she was up there for two and a half hours regardless. Mm. Yeah. And he did fellowship, if you will. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> If, um, but yeah, he, 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 during his wax, he's like, you know, I, I, I don't know what love is, mm-hmm. I, but I need to remain friends with Katrina, like through this, even though like our paths are diverging and all this stuff. And then right, Connie comes in and he's like, so did she become a Christian? And Connie was like, yep. And he was like, yeah, I figured as much, <laughs> um, and so yeah. that seems to be the reason that he has resigned himself to singleness, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting here that Eugene has this feeling that, like, oh, if she's a Christian, that's the end for us. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't seem, it seems like he's projecting that onto her, but it's not oh, yeah. something that he specifically once and i'm not sure where i'm not sure where that idea originates for him if that makes sense well yeah because it's not what is portrayed by katrina at all because this seems very fast and and even at the end of the episode when they are confronted like obviously her response is significantly more flustered where she feels like maybe this you know she wasn't as resigned to the problem but Eugene is somebody that is at least portrayed as kind of having shut down the faith element from more than an uh, academic uh, understanding. I could see him being scared of it and also um, just knowing that, like, Wit would disapprove and Connie would disapprove and, like, you're not supposed to. Does he know that, though? No, he doesn't know that's that for kind sure. Of, that's kind of my thing is... But, I mean, I, I would assume if I was... Like, if I was in Eugene's shoes and I'd never heard Wit say that, I would still assume that he would frown upon it. Interesting. Because that that's where I'm like, I don't know. Is the... Like, is the concept of unequally yoked a thing that is understood outside of a very tight, like, Christian community? I can't imagine it is. So I find it interesting that Eugene doesn't seem to see her faith as a barrier for, but he, he thinks that she will make it a barrier. 
Like it's that. Yeah. It's like it's interesting. No, it's not like, like he he's res- but his response isn't. Oh, she's a Christian now. That makes her less appealing to me. No, no. It's very much. She's a Christian now, so this isn't so like this can't work. Yeah, and I'm like, but why don't you think it can work, Eugene? That's the point mm-hmm. that I don't quite understand. Yeah, no, and I, I and I do agree that if he's a secular person and he was, you know, probably written by a secular person, he wouldn't necessarily react that way. But I do feel like there is that kind of subliminal talons of the the morals of the show and everything that kind of pigeonholed him from making the wrong decision there or not even necessarily the wrong decision but the decision that they would frown upon right um right because yeah i would and i'm sure it's going to come up as stuff progresses because this is not like the end of their relationship by no means but i am curious as to right what those conversations are going to look like between connie and katrina mm-hmm. when she's like okay but i do want to date eugene mm-hmm. and katrina and connie's like yeah but he's not a christian so you can't mm-hmm. or whatever like that'll be interesting to come across when yeah. we get to it yeah. or is that something that's ever made explicit or do we just resolve eugene becoming a christian without ever having katrina deal with that conflict I don't remember well, explicitly. Well, yeah, so. we'll, we'll, we'll talk find about out it as it comes. I don't need to. I don't need to project forward. But I do just think it's, yeah, it's interesting that Eugene immediately jumps to this conclusion mm-hmm. and shuts himself off as a result. And I'm not entirely sure why. Like that, his I don't. I don't feel like his motivations for doing so are fully fleshed out. Although, mm-hmm. like, I can hazard a guess and mm-hmm. feel like i'm in the right ballpark yeah but it's just like i wish yeah i don't know it just well there's also it does feel it, it's and the, it's the whole point of the episode but just like the degree to which he is in his own head yeah and not actually communicating is yeah. what like kills this thing oh no for sure well and i which would is say... fully unrelatable to me Certainly. Dylan's never done that once. Um, and Andrew has never done the exact opposite every damn day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do think that it is interesting um, within the lens of the show that it isn't really talked about because you think that there would be something that they would feel comfortable and maybe... And there's, there's like the famously the Jeff... Thing. Well, and there's famously like the Jeff Lewis episode. Which is like Connie tries to date oh, Jeff Lewis, yes. but he but she's a new Christian. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a Christian yeah. and whatever. Eugene's not in that episode. No. So it's not like he's catching like direct runoff from that that we can accredit to this moment. Mm-hmm. But like it's not it's not a topic that Focus is afraid to talk about within the show. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't get brought up today and is left a lot in implication. And maybe right, maybe it is something that Wit would have. Mm-hmm had a conversation with eugene about yeah but there's no wit mm-hmm. oh anyways so eugene is uh yeah it, it seems to have at least enough of understanding that it's like this mm-hmm. is a barrier whether it is literally a barrier or he is just perceiving it as one mm-hmm. the fact that she is now a christian is why he's like oh man this isn't gonna work mm-hmm. 
and uh, so he 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 leaves Wit's End to go help Bernard with the computer. Mm-hmm. And immediately after leaving, Fred Holstein arrives, and man, this man, what a man! <laughs> he is. Well, aren't you a a, a a sight for the sore on my eye or something? He he is. He is a sight that makes my eyes sore. Yeah. <laughs> and my ears sometimes. There's there's so so many jokes. I mean, it, it's good. Like, they they all kind of hit, and the whole bit is that, you know, he's new, and he doesn't fully understand the colloquialism, so he, you know, he says, like, uh, what is it? It's right on the, instead of right on the nose, he says it's, like, right on the chin or something. Like sure, that. sure, yeah. right. I mean, that's just right. He's that, That's his whole thing, is mm-hmm. is he he's not great at the English, and so... <laughs> but he loves the German. <laughs> right, right. This is... This is this you is are the... so beautiful. You can't be anything other than German. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> uh, are you Katarina Shanks? Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm Connie K- Kendall. Kendall, is that German? No, I don't think so. Like, it's just, yeah. Holstein is so fun. And um, he, yeah, he explains that he was looking for an assistant to work at his store and that Wit suggested Katrina. Mm-hmm. And so Connie, um, Connie's like, well, she's upstairs. Go meet mm-hmm. her. And she walks in and or he walks in katrina is going through wit's books mm-hmm. which is great and yeah. then um and then holstein's like look can we go can you come back over to my shop i want to like talk to you about this but like i think i would very much like to hire you mm-hmm. katrina's ecstatic i like how much she is happy about this she does however take it maybe a bridge too far and asks Connie to give Mr. Whitaker a big kiss for her. <sighs> Which then, to be fair, does have Holstein be like, can you do that for me too? Ah, never mind. I'll, I'll do, do it, it myself. myself. So good. Mm, I, mm, I want to see Holstein give Whit a fat smooch. That yeah. would be so delightful. Yeah, send us that fan art. <laughs> Blogfamchockpot at gmail.com. Wit kissing a Nazi. <laughs> Holstein's not a Nazi. No, he's not. Uh, he just loves germany <laughs> yeah yeah you know in that in that like you know 90s way <laughs> not in that uh, that 40s way yeah um, but yeah it is just i i am like okay could we have any other way to express katrina's gratitude like i understand yeah. we've got to express gratitude to a character who is absent from the show well and it's also but... unclear given her response initially whether she actually is happy about it or not she clearly is though i mean yeah she's flustered and and, and excited i guess but she she says like oh no you shouldn't have to which i wrote yeah no he shouldn't have (laughs) interesting interesting expand on this for me well i i i appreciate with uh sending holstein um katrina's way but i I do feel like Wit should have talked to Katrina first. <laughs> Not like if after she like Wit we'll, we'll go through the hypothetical. Wit meets Holstein, just has this new employee. Holstein complains, says that he needs assistant. I've got a spare bookworm lying around. Let's you know, let's let's make make some music here. And uh and then Yeah, I she he should go back and then talk to Katrina, right. ask her if she's interested in that, 
and then go tell Holstein, hey, I talked to Katrina. She's interested. Why don't you come by the shop? Here's my headcanon, though. Not, not, and this okay. is, this okay. is not, this is not, not text to the show, but I, like I don't think Wit was like, hey, Holstein, I've got like I've got this employee who you should, you know, I've got someone I recommend for you. Her name's Katrina, whatever. I don't think he was like, could you come over to my shop and grab her? I think that was all Holstein. <laughs> no, no. For I sure. think that like maybe get, like maybe Wit would have had a conversation, but instead he steps out and Holstein's like, I'm just doing this myself. <laughs> I don't understand convention. I am German. I... <laughs> Oh, we only understand production and invention. Um, oh, man. I love that. And That's great headcanon. I believe it. I believe it. You've sold me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Holstein does, and it is right. It is wit inserting himself into, yeah, whatever. But I... But Katrina's happy with it. Right. If Katrina was upset, then, you know, right. obviously yes. it would have been yep. one thing. But... Yep. It's, it does seem like it's the match made in heaven. Yeah, like yeah. she's it's a bookstore. Right, she, she loves was previously books. working at a library. Now she's working at a bookstore. Wit's End was not a good place for her for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. But she was she was employed there for maybe forty eight hours. Not <laughs> even because I think last episode took place all in a day, and so does this one in that same day. So, regardless, she got the employee discount on Christianity. Right, that's exactly. She was there. She was there long enough to be saved, and then what was like, well, ship her we've off. We've taken care of that. Let's go send her over to the German. Oh, those Catholics need the Lord. Mm-hmm. Go put him on the front. Put her on the front line. Um, but. But yeah, uh, regardless, uh, her telling Connie to give Wit a big kiss is rough, including the fact that she specifically says Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> after Ooh. he told her to say Wit. Yeah. Somehow makes it worse. A big kiss. But, Ooh. Yeah. I mean, he's a cute old man, I guess, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to think about it. I, just the idea in general of, like... Maybe it was more acceptable in the nineties, but I don't feel like I don't know the 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 kiss of gratitude just doesn't seem like an American thing. No, it's not. No, it's not anything I've witnessed. It's not anything that you know I've doled out. Yeah, it does just it's a, feel it's a European thing. Yeah, it, which is which is what works for the Holstein joke of it all. Yeah, and I appreciate that they're if- willing to make the Holstein joke because I don't think a twenty twenty three Odyssey would make that joke. No, no way. No, I think it's way. perfectly. I think it's a perfectly good joke. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that it would continue to be made today. Uh-uh. And that's why I love it. <laughs> um, so we cut to then Eugene and Bernard working on his computer. Eugene and- is clacking away furiously. Yeah, uh, this is where we find out that Bernard spilled mayo on his computer. Oh, and- so gross. And uh, I do Eugene not like has, mayo. Uh, freak out which yeah fair mayonnaise on a computer sounds like a nightmare i uh i've gotten ramen broth not like extensive amounts just like little you know yeah. drops that come off the the, the noodles while you slurp sure. all in the keyboard never yep. had a problem hmm. i uh i spilled a hot alcoholic beverage on the laptop we used to record on while we're while we were recording a, a bonus show and that laptop is dead it died immediately like that was was it (laughs) i spilled it i did not wipe it up 
quickly enough. I, well, and it, it just... You wiped it up plenty quick, though. It just... It was gone. Yeah. It that was, just was done. That was that. It so don't don't hole. spill hot alcohol onto your, your MacBooks. Um, <laughs> Cold alcohol goes much better. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it was that, that just... It was... That was... Fried. It was so fast. Yeah. Uh, what a... Yeah. That's the only time I've ever had an elect... Like, like a proper like electronic device die because of water like i've never like killed a phone or a tablet or another computer like that's that's my one ipod touches i or not touches uh ipod nanos i killed a lot of them in the washing machine a lot of the money bags andrew over here three nanos my word yeah i just had to yeah it was brutal i got an ipod like probably three out of five years during elementary school just because like the first time it was a shuffle and then like the second time it was like a new one and i had that one for a while and it was nice and then that one i finally sent through the wash and then i got another one cheaper and that was like when the touches were coming out so it wasn't as bad but yeah yeah not good with leaving things in my pockets yeah look just don't get mayo on your keyboard it's gross yeah definitely mayo is gross everywhere even more so on your keyboard it's mediocre sandwich lube at best but we then we we go on to eugene um suggests that bernard treat the computer like Like a woman woman, (laughs) and they do this whole back and forth where eugene's just getting more and more worked up as Mm -hmm. bernard continues to be befuddled because he doesn't under- classic well yeah because you bernard doesn't know anything about katrina presumably I and mean, obviously it's developed pretty quickly but still i'm kind of surprised that he's completely oblivious to katrina I mean, he hasn't been any of the last like four episodes we've covered so yeah eugene so, is furiously yeah. pounding this computer and the right. foley effects are insane because it's it sounds loud in the beginning yep. and it gets to a point where I'm just presuming he's hitting the computer with the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Ex- excellent work. It's a well, uh, well-produced scene. Um, and yeah. Big, big shout-outs to Dave Arnold on that one. So Eugene, long story short, doesn't end up finishing, fiction, the, finishing fixing his computer. Um, so he gives Bernard his laptop, and he runs over to, well. He's got like a class he's yeah, got yeah, to get to. Yeah, he's got to go to. So he gives Bernard the laptop. The laptop still has the floppy of the journal. I Mm -hmm. immediately wrote in my notes, oh, Bernard's going to read the journal. Mm -hmm. Nope, I was wrong. Then, uh... Oh, you forgot that Bernard doesn't know how to turn on the laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. Uh, It's not that hard. You act like I have no knowledge of computers. As soon as Eugene leaves, how do I turn this thing on? Yeah, how do I turn this thing on? Um... Yeah, then uh, Katrina did manage to get the job at Holstein's, mm-hmm. and yeah, when it uh, she's she's relaying that to Connie, and she says, "Yeah, you know, I you know I'm be starting shortly. You know, wish me luck." And Connie's like, "Katrina, we don't believe, believe in luck." luck. <laughs> I was like, "That's for oh the Irish <laughs> word." I cannot believe that we are doing that. So oh, it's man. so it's such a '90s culture war thing, though. Yeah. Like such a yeah. Like, oh, I there's no I, such thing as coincidence. There's no such thing as luck. <laughs> I had I had friends growing up who their grandparents, their boxes of Lucky Charms that they would keep on hand for the grandkids, 
piece of duct tape over Lucky with the word sharpied on of blessed. Blessed charms. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What I wouldn't I give don't to just... know how like if the grandparents because that's a funny joke if your grandparents yeah no it's a hilarious joke but, but I, I don't, don't think, think that it was intended as a joke but well and if it was a repeat thing right right like this right. wasn't a this happened the one no. time haha <laughs> this is a my grandkids love lucky charms but i think that luck is for the irish right which doesn't doesn't solve the fact that one you still have the word charms there yep two <laughs> all of the all the marshmallows are different luck things. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If you're going to have that problem, maybe just buy generic. Yeah, different cereal. You'll be fine. There are other marshmallow cereals. Also, Lucky Charms, pretty good, honestly. It's it's up there, I will say. it. I, I think that the non-marshmallow bits are quite good. I know. No, I love them. I used to hate them so much as a kid. Like, I used to think that... Lucky Charms was only good for the marshmallows. I like the crunch of the marshmallow. Yeah, it's nice. And, uh, man, I have not had cereal in, I don't know, probably over a year. Like, what? Easily. <laughs> I was going to say it's been a while for me, and it's been like two days. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has been so long Why? since I have had cereal. Don't you eat? Oh, you don't eat breakfast. I don't eat breakfast. <sighs> and when I lived with my parents, there was, like, cereal around. But it wasn't cereal you liked. No, no, and so I would sometimes have cereal. Mm -hmm. I don't keep cereal around because I don't keep milk around because milk goes bad faster than I can consume it. You just need to, like, cook with it a lot. That's I buy a small gallon of milk and I cook with it. <laughs> a small gallon? <laughs> or a, a half gallon, I guess is the word yeah, I'm looking for. I, I, I have occasionally bought a quart of milk mm -hmm. if I need it for a recipe, mm -hmm. and then the remainder of it winds up getting dumped. Because I don't, I can't, like, because what is the, like, I would have to be making something that, I would have to be making multiple things a week, which I don't. I make one dish and it lasts the whole week. Yeah, that's fair. And so the, this, the, the perks of cooking for one. Yeah. It sucks. Don't do it if you can avoid it, Chuck. <laughs> Find yourself a Katrina so you don't have this problem. No, I don't think that it's a problem. It's incredibly efficient. And I, I... Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense because I do use it. I I use it in cooking a bit, and then I do have, but I normally use almond milk in my cereal because my stomach doesn't do great with just straight milk. Yeah. But um, yeah. Cookies and yeah, no, I oh man. How often are you making cookies? Like every two weeks. Andrew, why have I never had one of your cookies? They're not good. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. I but refuse to believe. They're, I'm, they're I'm not. They're nothing, they're nothing special. They're cookies. Sometimes it's just box mix. They're made with by you with love. They That's are fair. cookies. That's fair. So, yeah. And then Bernard. So, Katrina exits. Bernard comes in and is like, Eugene lent me his computer, and it's of the devil. <laughs> Which, once again, I love that that's a line. Yeah. Like, doesn't feel like we should be allowed to have that in Adventures and Odyssey, but it makes me ha happy. No, it's hilarious. Yeah. 
And Connie's uh, like, well, look, I can work on it. I know a thing or two about computers, you know, spending all this time around Wit and Eugene, which I love acknowledgement of Connie's competence. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it makes perfect sense that she would be able to at least read the prompt and vaguely understand what it meant. Um, non-system yeah. disk that was in the thing preventing in it the from... A drive. In yeah. the A drive, preventing it from booting up. I don't yep. know... Was you you a... want me to explain it to you, Andrew? What's... Yeah, I don't know the A drive bit. So... so... So an A drive is is a floppy disk drive. Okay. So you know how your drives are lettered on your computer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever wondered why your hard drive is C? Yeah. It's because hard drives were not invented when computers first were. So the first kind of drive you had on a computer was a large floppy, which was your A. And oh. the second kind was the smaller floppy, which was the B. And then they invented hard drives, so that was C. And then disk drives, which became D. And then we stopped. For now, I mean, disk drives are fantastic, so whatever we do after that's going to be great. <laughs> but like that is that is the reason that on a Windows computer... Mm-hmm. Your main no, directory where you save C. stuff is the C drive. Interesting. And so basically what it is saying is likely Eugene has a, because this is late enough that this would make sense, that he does have a hard drive of some sort mm-hmm. that he's booting from. And because there is a disk in, the computer was shut off, mm-hmm. there's a disk in the A drive. The computer is going to try and boot from, from the, the A, a drive, drive first. Yeah. And when it fails, it doesn't, it's not smart enough to fall over to the other drive. So you mm-hmm. have to remove the disk so that it can boot normally, and then you can insert something into the A drive to be read. That makes sense. This is my job, guys. No, no, I appreciate <laughs> I, I'm so glad that you're on this podcast because that, I, there's no way I would have figured that out. Yeah, but it also doesn't matter. Well, you don't have to, to me. I you, think it's you cool. could understand this episode perfectly fine without that knowledge. Sure, sure, sure. But I don't know interest yeah. uh-huh uh-huh but but yeah so bernard so she, goes up to work in wit's office well no so connie but there's a great moment where connie removes that disc it's labeled katrina etc oh, and yes. they have some back and forth where um bernard's like i don't know of katrina etc and connie's like i do and he's like well you want the disc and she's like yes but i i shouldn't she goes back and forth and she like decides times. not to take the disc uh-huh. and instead leaves it with, with bernard. bernard yeah which is great Connie moment. Yeah. So I, good. I love I love the conflict that they show here and yeah. that she overcomes it. It's really delightful. Well, and then the callback later where uh-huh. Eugene brings it up and he's in like, a heartbeat. Yeah, you would have looked at that in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> and so good. Yeah, and so then Bernard's upstairs working on the computer in Wit's office and because mm-hmm. he's like, Look, if I go and then I have another issue with this computer and I have to bring it back, it's gonna be the end of me. Can I just work here? And kind of like, Yeah, absolutely. Wit's office. No, no, because he was supposed to leave it for Eugene at Wit's end. Oh, okay. So that was I my was also, understanding. Uh, I was assuming that it was like, hey, if I have more technical difficulties, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess yeah, either yeah. way. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um just gotta be at Wit's end. I'm so sorry, Bernard. Yeah. And so, yeah, Katrina then um, walks into the office looking for Wit. He's not there, but Bernard is. And while Bernard yells at his computer, he um, she introduces herself as Katrina. He's like, oh, I've got a disc here for you. And kind of absentmindedly gives that to her. Yeah, it's brutal. And you can hear because he also, like, interjects. With, $35. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they owe me money. <laughs> yeah. And... 
yeah, it's funny and brutal because it, yeah, the joke lands so well despite it not being like really telegraphed that hard for it sure. being a kids show. Sure. So that was nice. We know we know what's coming. Yeah. Because yeah, because I also I would like to point out in my notes was like, oh, Connie is gonna read the journals, mm-hmm. and then she didn't. I was yeah. excited, and then I was like, oh. And then Katrina walked into the office and Bernard's there. I was like, he's going to give her the disc. And mm-hmm. I was right. Um, third time's the charm. There you go. And then we, we cut to Eugene, who is um, sitting by himself, talking to himself, which is such a Eugene thing to do. Mm-hmm. And he is rambling on about whether he should or should not. Yeah, about Katrina and just how he's feeling conflicted there and all of this stuff. And... He wants to. This is the scene where he says he wants to call her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but he's like, but I shouldn't call her any more than I would call anyone else because, like, that wouldn't make sense. Like, I'm supposed to see her the same way I do all my other people, so I can't show her favorite. Look, the problem is I'm Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> like this is. I've been in that situation too. Though. I've had that conversation with myself. This is so rough if you are one of the people listening to this show who happens to know me on a personal level and gets to hear me complain about these exact same things as eugene and struggle in the same ways i hope you're having a good time i guess (laughs) this is i i every episode we come into i'm like oh there's the gut punch (laughs) great that's the parallel to my own life i needed fantastic i really wanted to project these things upon myself love this Uh. aggressive size it's okay buddy it's fine you know but i i do and we can touch on it on the at the end if you want um just the idea that eugene and he talks about at the beginning not necessarily knowing what he defines as love like what is love Uh uh-huh and the fact that like somebody one outside the church doesn't have people constantly telling him what love is and what love looks like and then two just like i feel like even me i didn't like i still had to create that definition for myself when i was in middle school like not necessarily like i knew what i was told in church and everything that like this is what love looks like but how do you actually identify if that if that's what you're experiencing for, for sure for sure and yes the idea that you're like that you can say confidently that you felt romantic love in middle school i'm like my word andrew our lives are so different oh i was a horny ass kid yeah but that's so horny <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just like i don't i still i'm like i don't know if i could identify romantic love that's okay. I know. It'll you'll know it when it hits you in the face. That's, that's what they say. That's what happened. I, I mean, that, that's what everyone has told me my whole life. Hopefully, it works for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just different than everyone. Maybe the people saying that are the people who have that option available to them. <laughs> that's fair. The great thing about that specific phrase of "you'll know it when you see it" yeah. is you can't be disproven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well. It's that. <laughs> like, ah, uh, yeah, terrible, but 
it is, in fact, what it is. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, he's he's thinking about this, and then he's like, all right, let me let me write my notes out on this, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I let, and he's like, oh, shoot, I left my, or like, Bernard has my laptop, and then he's like, oh, no, wait, I left Katrina in my laptop. Yeah, it's so funny. He's yelling, running yep. out of the room, I left Katrina in my laptop. Um, and yeah, Eugene presumably breaks down the door i don't know he like busts into wit's head looking for the laptop yep and he starts to talk to connie Mm -hmm. and i yeah connie's like well the computer's upstairs and he's like yeah but the the the, the," or she hands him the laptop and he's like yeah the disc's not here Mm -hmm. and he yeah connie makes the he's like did you did you look at this connie and she's like she's like no i would never and he's like really <laughs> no no no, she, no you, that's right she says she says eugene do you really think i would do something like that yeah and he says in a uh-huh. heartbeat yeah <laughs> which is true and also i see myself in connie so much really oh i am such a snoop and it's not because like i want to judge them or anything it's just th- the most morbid of curiosity like i just interesting i all right i like to poke around well check me not leaving my phone unattended with andrew <laughs> no, no i no, recently no. i recently did i recently I, with phones for... i only look through photos <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's never been anything incriminating in photos <laughs> no 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 but if, if it's there it's oh, it's on them that's their fault you gotta hide that shit better <laughs> uh i recently i uh, had to remove the passcode to my journal app for unspecified reasons that I don't need to get into, but the, the password had to come off of the app, which now means that, like, if you get into my phone, you now have access to my journal. Woof. For, like, you know, this is year nine. Wow. <laughs> so you get to see some weird... Some serious growth. Yeah. I <laughs> that mean, arc yeah. is nutty. Yeah, uh, truly. Let's do the Dylan podcast where we yeah. just go back through and track here. <laughs> Look, if I die, I'll you can I'll, I'll you can have my thing and then do a podcast going through my journal. Sure. Okay. Cool. 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 Am I allowed to make money off of it? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I'll if give it to charity. Yeah. If there's money to be made, go for it, man. I'm dead. What do I care? <laughs> I want you to do well. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. If I die first, please don't do anything to my body. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I want to decompose. <laughs> yeah but you can decompose outside no no i'm just gonna die in your bed and then they'll leave you there in your bed or you could throw out the bed i mean actually i would prefer if you throw out the bed if i died on it i don't i don't want anybody else getting that juju okay um this is oh god this is death cast with dylan yeah. and andrew <laughs> The cast where we talk about death and other fun stuff. Um, the So this is, yeah, just great then. Connie calls Bernard, so mm-hmm. she gets to be the person to deliver the news. Yeah. And it's just, this is like, I don't know, one of my favorite exchanges that we've ever oh, talked it's about. it's so good. It's fantastic. You're going to laugh about this later. Does that mean I'm going to cry about <laughs> it now? <laughs> Will Ryan, Katie Lee, just the best. Oh my gosh. It's so good. We yeah, there's just listen to the back and forth. It's yeah. it rocks. We don't need to like give you the Beat replay. Yeah. But there's a point at which Cotty 
yeah, it tells Eugene his eye is twitching, um, mm-hmm. which is a classic, classic line. Um, and then she's like, well, he handled that better than he leaves. And she's like, I th- he handled that better than I thought he did. And then he just screams yeah. <laughs> from outside of what's end. And it's beautiful. I, I love it <laughs> oh, so and much. It's, like, that's such a Eugene thing, though. Like, the muffled Eugene scream in the distance. Yep. I love that bit. And um, then keeping in the thread of accurate predictions, I did then write, mm-hmm. he's going to spill everything, and she hasn't even looked at the disc yet. Yep. Because I've seen sitcoms. And hey, guess what? That's exactly what happens. Yeah. She's he, making mac and cheese, though, when he shows yeah. up. And she keeps offering it to him, and he right. says no. Which there's also, there's there's a cute uh, thing with Connie and Mitch in mac and cheese. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and hot dogs, I think, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You're not going to run out of hot dogs or box mac and cheese anytime soon. Yes. Yep. Yeah. There you go. And... Uh, d- d- to, to an earlier point that may have gotten cut about my milk consumption, mm-hmm. I have boxes of mac and cheese in my cupboard that I never make because I would have to have milk on hand to make them. Another reason to have milk, Dylan. But Andrew, <laughs> if I go and I buy a quart of milk to use like half a cup to make mac and cheese, then I have another, like then I have to use the rest of the thing. Even if I use a cup for mac and cheese, then I, then I still have three cups of milk that I've got to find a use for. What am I supposed to do with three cups of milk? I mean, I can think of... It so, only keeps make, for a week. It keeps for more than a week. Eh, like a week and a half. Okay, okay. I give it 10 days. I'm a 10-day okay, guy. Okay, So it only keeps for 10 days. Yeah, that's fair. And I understand if you don't cook that much and you don't eat cereal because you don't eat breakfast, the best meal of the day. And the most skippable. Yeah, it is the most skippable, but it is the most delicious. I think my life is better for not eating breakfast. But actually, I can I can see your argument here, and I'm, I'm not going to entertain it any longer because I'm afraid you're going to win me over, and I can't lose breakfast, no, Dylan. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you, everyone, everyone do you. I'm not, I'm not out here preaching the gospel of no breakfast. I just, I, I don't feel any regret over cutting that out of my I life. I feel like lunch is the most skippable meal for me. Right. Maybe. I, breakfast is just, it's at an inconvenient time. Lunch, you get a lunch break breakfast you have to wake up earlier yeah i guess yeah but i always wake up starving so like oh no not me yeah i don't think i've woken up on the rare occasions that i am hungry for breakfast or like i am hungry in the morning which every once in a while it happens i keep pop tarts on hand here box of pop tarts and i'm like i'll use them over the course of you know four months i'll wow. probably go through a box of pop tarts and i will go yeah. through a box of pop tarts before we record a podcast next okay <laughs> probably wow <laughs> no I that's not true. you're a big pop tart guy what, no what, what kind of what, what, what kind of pop tart are you well and this is a point of of hot contention because Alyssa is really only a brown sugar cinnamon gal does i know i, oh, know. I, I i'm her. so sad that she's wrong I, I i and the thing is it's the only one that she likes like she doesn't really like any of the other ones That's i'm a, a strawberry guy strawberry all the Andrew. way strawberry all the oh, way we should host a podcast yeah. <laughs> it's a pop-cast. the best one <laughs> that sounds incredible 
very financially irresponsible, but what if we just record ourselves while we eat Pop-Tarts? <laughs> Somebody will be interested. Let's talk about pop culture and Pop-Tarts every week. Oh, I love that. And then we could do side bits with, like, off-brand Pop-Tarts and, like, comparing sure. them. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. All the limited edition ones. Have you ever had the Eggo Pop-Tarts? Surprisingly decent. I they are that. yellow. Duh. which is weird <laughs> but they sounds... have kind of like a syrupy filling yeah the i think the best of the like non-standard one-offy kind of pop tarts mm-hmm. the cinnamon roll ones oh my gosh yeah the cinnamon roll the Pop-Tarts. cinnamon roll pop tarts are what brown sugar wants, wants to, to be. be yeah but they just can't make it in mass quantity like that they can't love us that way no no they can't only only a cinnamon roll can mm-hmm Amen. Another thing that you use milk for, Dylan, making cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Buddy, I, you realize if I make a pan of cinnamon rolls, I then personally have to eat every one of those cinnamon rolls. Or you could give one to Kyle. <laughs> but I'm just like, that is such a burden. Like, no. <laughs> you say burden, I say delightful week. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, I don't go to the gym. I can't be, like, filling myself up on cinnamon rolls every morning. Not every... Well, (laughs) if I had seven cinnamon rolls sitting out, I would eat one every morning. I'd probably eat two in one morning, and they wouldn't last me the whole week. Yeah. Every once in a while, uh, one of my coworkers will pick up uh, Achenbach's Long John's for for, for breakfast. Yeah. uh, And bring them into work. And I will... They always get so many mm-hmm. and i will every time eat at least three peanut butter long johns wow that is like that is my that is the closest thing i ever I come love that for you though that's adorable <laughs> because the thing is they will get like a ton a probably. dozen and a half peanut butter mm-hmm. and then like a dozen chocolate or whatever mm-hmm. peanut butter are obviously the best do they get the vanilla ones not usually sometimes Vanilla is my favorite. Oh, thumbs down. Peanut butter for life. No, man. peanut peanut butter is great. Like I do Look, love Chalk it. Chalk Squad, do you guys know what a long john is? It's like a it's a, it's a long yeast donut with Let me icing on it that rocks. So it's it, it's not a yeast donut. Really? No, it's a lard donut. Oh. That's why it's so good. There's or it's not lard, it's shortening. Okay. Um cuz they're shortening in the icing and then they're shortening in the donut. Okay. And that's how it gets, like, the big air pockets in the middle that you see. Um, oh. But it's really, yeah, they're really good. It's the Long Johns by Achenbach's, yeah, they, they're super rich because of all the shortening in them. And they're stupid sweet. Like, it's pretty much just shortening and powdered sugar and vanilla extract, I'm pretty sure. But it is, they're phenomenal. And if you are ever anywhere near an Achenbox or any place that sells Achenbox, please do yourself a favor and get a peanut butter long john. Unless you're allergic to peanut butter, then I recommend vanilla. Yeah, I also recommend vanilla. Artificial chocolate flavoring is gross. It is, it is. Um, But the peanut butter ones are incredible, and I will, yeah, that is like, they will, there will be a ton at work, and I will always get one to start off the day, one like an hour later, and then some point later in the day I will walk by, There's and some there will left. still be mm-hmm. one there, and I will get it because a day-old Long John is a very sad thing. Ah, no, I like them. They're nice. 
I, I honestly, I might like them more than the fresh ones. Not to say that they're better, but they hold such a special place in my heart, Dylan. I got free day old Long Johns. I, know, I got I as know, many I as I, I wanted, I and you get you get that. It's it's a little it's yeah. a little stale, and you have a nice latte or something. You mm-hmm. can dunk if you mm-hmm. please. Yeah, it's like a diabetic's breadstick. I think sure. that's just normal sure. breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh man! So yeah, so Eugene go um is over there mm-hmm. and spills the tea. Yeah, he just like rambles for a while, talks about this being a crush, doesn't let her talk at all, mm-hmm. and then is like, you know, I would like to remain friends, mm-hmm. no more, no less, mm-hmm. and they shake on it. Yeah. And you and Katrina re- replies like, "Oh, like, well, I didn't read it, and it, you know, right? She's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's of very taken aback by all of this. Like, she excellent job voice acting. Yeah. Like, she sounds guard, completely sure. caught off guard by the. Yeah. And not, I won't necessarily even say caught off guard. I, she sounds upset. Like, yeah. she sounds shocked and upset that like." Yeah. He's being so uh, firm in shutting the romantic side of their friendship down. Right, because neither of them had ever put words to it. Exactly. And clearly she was invested and expecting it to amount to something. And she hadn't, her becoming a Christian didn't close that door for her mm-hmm. in the way that he believes that it, it, it did. It, it did. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, it's and then it's they, just a brutal scene. She gets to do the after they shake. She does the Eugene Urias twitching thing, harkening yeah. back to Connie's line earlier. Yeah. And he says calcium deficiency, which was according to the official guide, an in studio ad lib by Will Ryan. <laughs> I love that. Is that really a thing that could make your eye twitch? Probably not, but it but it <laughs> sounds great. Like it's, it works. It, no, it's a, it's a hilarious bit, and like. It makes perfect sense for that to be the scientific explanation for whatever is happening. Um, yeah. So then the episode ends with Eugene and Katrina. Just a beautifully directed scene. Yeah. I love co-currently, it. Co-currently, or concurrently is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, concurrently. Writing uh, about each other and their feelings. Yeah. And Eugene's writing to himself and Katrina's right. writing to her parents. Yeah, yeah. Where she says, she says that in this Armitage letter. Armitage shanks. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the toilet man himself <laughs> and she she says that that's a four-year-old d- <laughs> dylan look <laughs> yeah but also it's literally a toilet company armitage yeah, no, shanks no, so no, like, I, I, know. I feel like that's not a i'm not that's not a joke to my own show that's a joke to the world at large that's fair that's fair <laughs> but yeah it is wild covering yeah <laughs> we're talking about armitage all these years later I saved the world. <laughs> Boy. Although that's Arthur Dent. But yeah. Say, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. Here's the deal. <laughs> the, the, so yeah. So she she's like that. That You know, I've read, I wrote to you previously about Eugene and how like I thought that there might be something there. Um, well, she but, says that, didn't she say that she thought she might be falling in love with him? She does. Yeah. She says specifically that she had written before to say that she might be falling in love. Um, that, but yeah, that he came to her today and clearly does not 
want that anymore and is just cutting back between the both of them and just bumming everyone out so much because here are two people that are who, clearly in love right who who genuinely like there is something there there is a relationship that both of them want mm-hmm. and both of them like it, it is like it's very uh like romeo and juliet mm-hmm. like classic like star-crossed lovers like it rather than them killing themselves yeah like but we have a similar thing here where it's like eugene believes that she has mm-hmm. rejected him yeah so he rejects her yeah it's just like the love is just qu- not quite in reach for yeah a, like one person at any given time where it's like either yeah. eugene's not communicating or he is and he's in his head too much and yeah yeah, yep. it, it, it's brutal, and yeah, I she, love the episode for ending on it. Yeah, and she says during her conversation with Eugene earlier that she re- really respects his communication, the fact that he was, like, willing to mm. articulate this stuff. But you can tell that she is disappointed yeah. that he is saying, like, we can only be friends. Yeah. Um, and that's all him just overcompensating for the fact that he feels insecure about their relationship and mm. that he... he thinks that she will reject him Mm -hmm. and so he is like well let me make sure that i i can't get rejected if i'm not right like let let me close myself off so that when that rejection comes it will not come as hard she probably feels as though i've thrust myself upon her Mm -hmm. and so i'm just gonna cut things off and say no that's not the case everything is platonic between us i never had any intentions beyond that or if i did i have now seen the air in my ways and Mm. i'm like done with that Mm. like we're not gonna pursue that anymore because i can tell that it's not something you want Mm -hmm. and if it's not something you want then it's not something i want and like i'd rather preserve our friendship yeah than like right rather than pine after you unreciprocated like unreciprocated and that's such a that's such a thing though where when you are so invested in somebody that you do kind of recoil and shut it down like that so that you are just kind of insulated from any any decisions that they can make and it's also yeah yeah you like you you get so afraid of rejection meaning that you're going to lose them forever correct that you don't ever say anything or you lie to them about how you actually feel yeah 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 better to better to be friends forever Mm -hmm. than to like express romantic interest have that rejected and then no longer be friends with them at all Mm mm-hmm well, and you and, and that's a thing the, that I have never done in my own life, and we don't yeah. have guests on who've been on this podcast who could attest to either side of that. <laughs> yeah, not at all. This is very much a Eugene thing and not a Dylan thing. No, I've never seen it, not once. But there's hope for Eugene, not for Dylan, but not for, for Dylan. <laughs> and actually, um, there's a well, yeah, I. Considering Will Ryan being dead, there's a lot more hope for Dylan than there is for Eugene. But Eugene did it. He already like he, he, that's he, true. he marries her. Yeah, no. Spoiler he, alert. He he finished the marathon. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then it right, it ends on the two of them saying in unison to their own respective 
respective journals. What a bittersweet day. Today I discovered love and heartbreak. Cliche, but love, love, love it, love it, love it. I mean, I I love that Odyssey is doing this. I love that it's like... We're, yeah. we're we're doing we're doing we're good stuff miles here. Miles from you know Connie part one, Connie two. Like <laughs> right, we, we are so far like off the beat of a show that is about like like I do kind of wonder if the writers at this point in the show I assume are well enough established they don't have as much oversight from focus Mm -hmm. like it doesn't feel like we're getting like the focus on the family dictated episodes that we got early on in the show oh yeah they've had so long to grow with these characters but also with these actors Mm -hmm. and i think this does genuinely feel like a season of time where they are more excited about the stories they can write than Mm -hmm. they are concerned about the message they are conveying yeah yeah and so it just feels well like put, yeah. it just feels like a, a a natural outpouring of we like working with these people and mm-hmm. the characters and this world we are we've built and like Look we have a cool storyline here and we're not going to get in trouble for doing it so let's just do it whether yeah, or not yeah. like it has like an immediately apparent point well, and at this point, they've already pulled episodes, so, like, what are they going to do? You know, like, have to not release it, pull it from the air? They're, they've yeah. done that plenty of times. Yeah, and it's not to say, like, and and it helps that this is not the show's only focus during this time. They've mm-hmm. got a ton of other episodes that they're doing that are all the normal stuff that we would expect. Yeah. But they are focused in on... These ones. Well, they're they're focused in these ones on something entirely different that doesn't have... There is no real place for this in the show as it was pitched Mm -hmm. in 1987. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Like, this episode is a... Just feels like, right, it's a pure product of the collaboration between mm -hmm. all these people being so good. For so long. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, so yeah. Um, what do you think about the episode? I mean, it sounds I, like you oh, loved I, it. I, I liked it so much, man. It's yeah. It's part good. one was it's, great. Yeah. I mean, it began with a rabbit's foot. I guess was great. And as Hal Smith's last episode, like I unbelievable, it was fantastic. I don't think yeah. it could have been better. Yeah. And this one, considering the circumstances, I feel like they just. They did yeah. such a good job. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed the degree to which this episode works. And how much I like it, just like as a piece of art and not just Yeah, a... yeah. Well, because it does write. It once again feels like, aside from the line of Katrina has become a Christian. Yeah. That's no not God. <laughs> it also, it's not something she mentions in her letter to her parents. Yeah. She is talking about... And maybe she would go on to mention it. Yeah. But she's the part that we hear of her letter to her parents is her relationship with Eugene. It's, it's not, not even the I forefront. just became a Christian or yeah. I just got a job at Holstein's. No, yeah. Like it's this episode cares so little about the faith side of things, and it is kind of amazing as no, a it's, result. No, it's it's yeah, it's stupendous. Yeah. 
<sighs> thank you so much for doing this podcast with me, dude. Dylan. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. thank you for doing it with me, and thank you, listeners, for for listening. Mm. Um, that's the thing that listeners do. I don't know if you knew that. And speaking of our lovely listeners, we do have a new review oh, on Apple Podcasts. Yay. So as always, um, you can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. If the review is five stars, um, we will happily read it here on the podcast. Also, if you leave it on Apple Podcasts in another country or on another service, just shoot us an email. Let us know Mm -hmm. where the review is because we still want to read those. Um, Thank you for doing it. Um, And also, I guess you can leave leave ratings on Spotify, which like, cool. You can also... You can also leave specific episode feedback on Spotify now. Interesting. Which is a thing. So you can, on any episode that's posted, there's a comment section, essentially. And they are not public comments. They just come straight to Andrew and I. And then huh. we have the choice to make them public. Interesting. So if that is a thing that you feel like doing at any point, um, know yeah, that that's that, accessible. That, that is another way to provide feedback to the show. Um, but it's, yeah, I would say the preferred way is still... Email, email us, yeah, at gmail.com. Um, but uh, this is uh, this is a review from user podcasts not quarantined <laughs> um, that just says great podcast. I have been slowly catching up on old episodes, having recently discovered this podcast. I'm enjoying all the random Gilmore Girl references too. I am over the moon about the newest arc. The Eugene Bernard road trip were my favorite episodes ever, and I can't see how can't wait to see how they and the search for wit hold up. Aww. What a guy. Or girl. Or person. Yeah, guy's gender neutral. We decided that. Yeah. Earlier. Oh, that's true, true, true. What a guy. <laughs> that's established within the can- canon of our show. Yep. Um so yeah. Uh <sighs> Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you, that, podcast. That was not so quarantined. nice. That, mm. And we are excited for it as well, which brings up um, that we will be back next week to talk about the first episode of the Eugene and Bernard road trip. It is First Hand Experience, episode 274. Yay! <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye! Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadFamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. It Ended with a Handshake was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Heverstick. Hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.